welcome to Tripping with Friends, the travel podcast. My name is Curtis. I'm your host. Thanks for tuning in. I'm starting to see more people venturing out and about as I look on my social media feeds. Friend of the show, Mitch, was in Colorado recently, I saw. People are hitting the beach. These are all positive signs for our world, but I think we have a long way to go. So stay safe out there. Make good decisions. I'm trying something a little different on this episode and on the next one. Today I'm speaking with two friends that will each share their own travel story. In both cases, these are horror stories from trips past. Now I'm not the type that likes to dwell on the negative, particularly when it comes to travel. The whole point of this podcast is to encourage people to get out there and explore our beautiful world, but inevitably, stuff does go wrong. So Rhonda Peters and Liz Nielsen are sharing two stories where things didn't go as planned. First, let's hear from Rhonda. And you won't believe this one, I promise you. So Rhonda, you teased me with this like one line about a snake and a bow. <laughs> and so I need to know more. So tell me your story. This would have been 2010. Chloe was 12, Tristan was 10. And it was our first sailing trip. We bareboat chartered a, a 35 foot catamaran. Uh, we took it out of Burnt Store Marina down below Tampa, and it was like our first night out. We we made a little quick sail over to a place called Pelican Bay. It's just a little sheltered cove near a, a little natural island. And being on a sailboat is a lot like camping, right? You're you're out on your own. You're quiet out in nature. You bring your own food. Of course, it's indoors. You're not in a tent, but it's 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 a bit roughing it. If you've ever used a head or a shower on a sailboat, that is definitely roughing it. And if you've ever been on any boat, you know that things just go wrong on boats. That's just part of it. Something's always going to not work. Well, the thing not working on our boat that first night was the light in the bathroom in the head. And we had finished dinner. It was after dark. And the kids and I were up in the salon in a, in a catamaran. There's like a central salon area where you eat and sit. And then down in the two halls is where the uh, berths and the heads are. So Tim had gone down into the lower section in the hall into the head, taking a shower. And the kids and I are sitting up top. I think I was talking to my mom on the phone, checking in with her. And we hear this blood curdling scream. And Tim bolted out of the shower like a like a rocket, and he's grabbing on, holding on to the sides of the of the hull. And I was I thought he had been hurt or having a heart or heart attack or something. And he's like, "There's a snake in the shower," and we don't. Everybody starts freaking out. And he, he said, "What happened was the snake came up the drain. He felt it like come across his foot, and that was the reaction." And then it went back down the drain. And so we're like, well, it's on the boat somewhere. We got to find it. And in, um, in the boat, the, the floor of the holes has little, little holes in it. There's like little compartments and storage under the floor. And so there's little holes that you can, like you put your finger in to pull the, the planks up. Well, that snake started going up and down those holes on both sides of the boat. You know, think of like a Scooby-Doo cartoon where, right, the villain goes in one door and comes out the yeah. other. It was bad. And we were like, we were all over that boat trying to find that, that like, little snake. 
like whack-a-mole. It was just a little one. Yeah, like whack-a-mole. And it was just a little snake. It wasn't huge. Um, and then I started grabbing paper towels and I was like, everybody start plugging in the holes on the bottom of the boat. Like, let's let's plug it in so it can't get back down again. And uh, we finally caught it in a solo cup in Tristan's cabin and threw it back out in the water. And then after that, I don't remember. We were just also traumatized and exhausted. We left the paper towels in the hole the whole time. We stopped up every hole in that boat so no other snake could come back in. And, you know, snakes are scary anyway. But around here in Georgia, I kind of know what snakes are going to be around. And in Florida, I have no idea. I mean, you hear about, you know, blue mambas and things people that release that are not what we're accustomed to. So uh, that was our snake in the boat story Well, for our very first sailing trip the very first night. What a story. I mean, th- it's amazing <laughs> your husband didn't hurt himself. Well, it sounded like he did. Yeah. It sounded like he was in severe pain and traumatized. And thankfully, the way those the boat was built, he ran out of the shower completely naked. Yeah. I mean, he was taking a shower, but you really could just see like his head and his chest up. So the kids okay. didn't need therapy or anything for that. Well, that that's good. Yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh. So when you rent, so you rented the boat. Were you guys driving it, sailing it yourself? Yeah, we were bare boating. Uh, there's a place called Yachting Vacations out of Burnt Storm Marina. And it was the first time Tim had sailed in a while. He sailed quite a bit in college. We had a captain that came out with us the first day just to make sure he knew, verify that he knew what he was talking about, that he could sail. And then just every boat's unique and just kind of show us some of the features of the boat. And then we dropped the captain back to shore and went out on our own for that first night and the rest of the time. Wow. Yeah. I wouldn't know where to start doing that, but that's neat. I'm sure it was fun for him. It was work, I'm sure, but. You know, it's good work that, you know, there's always plenty to do on a boat. And we've done it about four or five times since in different areas. Another time out of Florida and then several times down in the BBIs. Yeah, there's nothing like sailing, just the quiet and the peace on the water and being able to go wherever you want to go. We, uh, We haven't done it in about three years and we're really missing it. Hoped we could do it this year, but of course, um, Corona had different plans. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's definitely messed up all travel for sure. Yeah, yeah. We were talking about that today, not knowing when, you know, we'd love to be able to say, hey, okay, so 2021, we're going to go X, but you really can't even start planning because, I mean, yeah, let's let's hope that next summer we can go places, but I guess who knows? Yeah. But it's fun reliving these stories and seeing the things on your uh, yeah. on your podcast and yeah. your blog that uh, reminiscing all, does help. Yeah, it does. And I, I tell people travel is expensive, but you're investing in memories too. And so it's hard to put a price on being able to tell a story like that or, you know, just remembering yeah. what that sunrise looks like from the ship or when you went to Europe and did things. So uh, it's definitely valuable. So I, I can't wait to get back to it. Uh, but I, I love hearing people's stories. I mean, cause there's so many things I've never done in so many places I've never been. So it's fun to share and, and kind of put together that wish list of places that I want to go. Yeah, well, so there's a lot of places where you don't have to bear boat out of 
to rent a sailboat. They'll provide a captain and a cook. Um, and BVI's is probably the best place in the world. I bet. You know, get, get a few other couples to go in with you and, and you know, and share it. Yeah, just the family, the family, the alone time together and uh, seeing the kids, you know, as young as they were, pick up on wind direction and weather and setting yeah. the sails and using the equipment. And yeah, they, they already know more about it than I do. They, well, I've, they picked I, it up. And, I've uh, never really thought about it this way, but it's a lot like RVing. You know, you've got a self-contained place to stay and you're mobile. It's just, it happens to be on water instead of on the highway. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Well, that is so cool. Um, what a story. Holy crap. That is something else. Um, my goodness. Well, there was a movie, right? Snakes on a plane. We had yeah. a snake on a boat. Not quite as scary as snakes on a plane. <laughs> no. still very memorable. I can't even imagine. Jeez, a snake coming out of a shower drain? Heck no. Get me off of that boat. And now let's hear from Liz. Liz joined me previously for the Portugal episode. While not nearly as terrifying, Liz's tale no doubt brought out her adrenaline as she and her son were desperately trying to make it to their flight in Vienna. So uh, it was the year we were living in Budapest. Uh, we were there for the year, but uh, we found out that uh, we needed, Cam needed a medical procedure that we couldn't get done before we left. So we knew we had to come back sometime during the year. So we booked cheap tickets on, I think, Austrian Air for October. And so, you know, Cam and I got up really early, got our stuff to the train station, bought our tickets, got on the train to, to Vienna because it was taking out from Vienna, which is only about like an hour and a half on the train. It's pretty close. And we get to the border and the train stops and like they come in and say, everybody off. We're like, uh, this isn't Vienna. Is another train coming? No, no other train is coming. And it turned out that the trains had gone on strike like that day. But and everybody, all the Hungarians knew that, including the person who had sold us the train tickets. Um, but we didn't because we couldn't read Hungarian in the newspapers yet, and nobody bothered to tell us. And so there we were. We had a flight to catch. And um, so, and Cam was only, he was eight. So, I mean, he was, you know, he's not that old. So I, like, counted all the cash I had with me, which was Hungarian forints and euros and dollars. And then, you know, when we, there was a taxi there and we, you know, I kind of had to say, please have mercy on me. This is all I've got. Are you, you know, this is what I have. Are you willing to take us to the airport? <laughs> so we got on the flight, but it was, it was so stressful. It's almost, it's almost like the, the cab driver was in cahoots with the, the train union. So they're, yeah. they were taking a skim off of his. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But the, the most fun part about that trip is we got to, we were going to Boston because that's where Cam's doctor was. And we got there the day before, I think, they won the first, the World Series. This is when they broke the curse. Oh, so that would have been when we happened to have gotten, you know, I bought the tickets like in August and who knew? Like, of course, they're not going to be in the World Series. Are you kidding? So we ended up there for that, which was really fun. That is awesome. Wow. Yeah. The the trip home was much less eventful. <laughs> well, you know, you can only take so much um, excitement and, and, and craziness. Yeah. And that, yeah. that scramble to the airport is, is never. Uh, no, I know. And it was on the, I mean, we had spent like our first, 
you know, two months anyway, dealing with Hungarian bureaucracy. You know, every time we needed to get some signature on something, it would take us three trips to the office. It was like the DMV on steroids, you know. Well, you mentioned not you couldn't read Hungarian. So obviously you missed something that, you know, it wouldn't have been expected that you would know. Um, and I think people get intimidated by those countries where the language is so foreign. That you can't. So yeah. what was it like for you during that time you were there? Were yeah. Cause Hungarian is one of those languages isn't related to anything. So, except Finnish and Estonian and, I don't know, some Siberian language or something. So, there's no easy kind of on-roads onto that. So, I took lessons just so that I could shop. I mean, that was kind of my goal. I want to be able to shop, you know. But it was really challenging to do that. And Hungarians, you know, it's it's a little bit of a, you know, leftover from the Cold War. It's, it's not the... it's. It's not a place that goes out of its way to help strangers. It's just not part of the culture. Well, and I have yet to travel to a country. Well, I, I take that back. I've, I'd spent a little bit of time in Poland, just a couple of days, but I really haven't traveled to a country where you couldn't find somebody that spoke English. Yeah. And so yeah. maybe that's, maybe I haven't experienced what yeah. you had to go through. Well, yet. in Hungary, most, most people make, it kind of breaks down on age, right? You know, because yeah. if you were in high school before 89, which is when the wall came down, um, the language you learned in school was Russian. That was your foreign language. But after 89, it was English. Well, I, so, I, I take that back. We, we did go to Slovakia. And so that would, that was, there was one day where I ended up walking around the town we were in and just having the thought to myself, like, I am completely alone. And, and if I had to communicate with someone, it would be, it might be really challenging. But the neat thing about all of those teenagers that we met that were in Slovakia was that they all knew three, four, five different languages just because of the proximity of their country to, yeah. to everyone else. It's like you almost had to. And I just was blown away about how intelligent yeah. everybody was and how fluent they were. And it was, yeah. And you realize how, how much we're in this sort of, we don't need to know anything exactly. else. English is just fine. And that is really yep. not the way most of the world operates. Most yep. of the world says we have to know at least one other language. Yeah. Well, not just, you know, the high school Spanish that most of us. It was definitely convicting um, on my own <laughs> laziness or an inability to learn another language. I'm not sure which is which, but. Hey, so that's it for another episode of Tripping with Friends, a travel podcast. Thanks for listening. If you want to drop me a line and tell me one of your travel stories, you can hit me up on Twitter at Tripping With. As always, you can check me out on Instagram at Tripping with Friends Podcast. My name is Curtis. Until next time. <laughs>